0: I remember telling my father actually that you know I'm not going to go to university, but I'm just going to build this platform. Um, and um, I'm I'm a, I'm of Indian heritage, and so if you tell your Indian father that you're not going to university, I mean this is you know <laughs> this is this is almost sacrilege, really.
1: On today's show, we are talking to the co-founders of UMaker, an online invention platform. You're listening to Tech Talks, the twice-weekly technology podcast publishing on Tuesdays and Fridays, bringing you news and views from leaders across the industry. It's nearly Christmas.
2: It's nearly Christmas. Have you done
1: your Christmas shopping?
2: Ooh. Most of it. Still got a bit That's of that. a No. Huh? No, mine's a mine's a strong nose. So my family decided to do Secret Santa this year, and I'm not I'm not actually going to be with my family this year. Yeah, they're in South Africa, right? So who no, cares? No, you can they're just, they're just you can Africa. just blame they're the post. not they're they're in South Africa. Are they not? In Ireland, Dave, we've had. Oh, this you something. can still blame you can
1: still blame the post.
2: Um, yeah, exactly. So and they in the sticks in Ireland. <laughs> oh, poor them. But my thing is they did Secret Santa. So if my Secret Santa person's gift doesn't arrive on time, that's so sad. That's one person that doesn't open a gift, and everyone else does.
1: You do Secret Santa in your family? Yeah that's normally for like acquaintances that you don't really know very well you know
2: why we do it because we do it so you don't have to buy presents for everyone little shit ones you you buy everyone gets like one really nice present i don't
1: know about you evie but generally i don't buy shit presents for my family
2: no i buy really good presents for my family <laughs> okay. so my family are obviously that we come from south africa no one has money there so... <laughs> I, I mean that's a lie retract that statement goodwill
1: and peace to all people (laughs) on earth Um, for the
2: 13 south african viewers i'm sorry
1: (laughs) have you um have you got your dress yet
2: uh no no i don't Uh, i don't wigging you out out for delivery at the moment (laughs) it's on its way though
1: she's got three hours 44 44 minutes folks for a dress to turn up
2: thanks david It'll be fine
1: It's fine You know what you need to do? You need to uh, come up with a platform that allows you to invent a new way of getting addressed to people quickly Let's
2: do that Yeah Um, YouMaker, you you want to help me out there?
1: Clunky, clunky kind of segue into today's interview Good
2: transition Yeah,
1: it was smooth, wasn't it? Oh yeah Yeah, yeah, okay Uh, Right, so on today's show we're talking to YouMaker As that awful transition uh, suggested We'll hand over to the interview and then we'll have some thoughts on it afterwards so today I'm talking to the co-founding team of UMaker, Rami, who's joining us all the way from the States in New York, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and Abbas, slightly closer to home here in London. How are you both? Very well, David. How are you doing? Yeah, good, Thank thanks. Um, look, Abbas, I, I met you on a plane. Uh, it was one of those moments of serendipity, kind of coming back from uh, Web Summit two years ago, correct? If, if, if memory serves, it was two years ago, right?
0: It was two years ago. It was uh, after um, we... Um... After web Summit in uh, in Lisbon, truth be told, actually, I wasn't actually going to sit next to you. I was actually going to sit somewhere else, but the- <laughs> next to you, and I was like, okay, well, let's see how this journey goes. And um, yeah, oh, no, we friendship, and here we are.
1: Yeah, and look at the time. I I remember you talking about you maker at the time. I can't remember if you referred to it as you maker, but I remember you talking about the fact that you had an idea. Hmm. So look, it would be brilliant uh, to get uh, an overview of what YouMaker is, and then an understanding of how you and Rami came to be working on this together.
0: So Rami and I are best friends. We've known each other for about 10 years. Uh, We met through mutual friends and um, we just hit it off really. Um, And in that kind of 10 year period, he's become not just my best friend, but my brother almost. And um, he actually officiated, um, my, my marriage and, uh, now we're, 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 in business together. So, um, it's been a, it's been an amazing friendship and, uh, God willing that will continue long into, uh, into the future in terms of like the idea for the business. I think the best way to kind of explain it is just kind of to give you the anecdote of, of the story. Um, so it starts off about six or seven years ago, actually. Rami, um, who's uh, who's a physicist um, by uh, by training, um, after graduating from university, um, was working, I think, for a, for a software company. Now, Rami originally, he was born in Iraq, but grew up in in Sweden. In Sweden, uh, you you ride bikes everywhere, and uh, in the winter months, you have to ride those bicycles um, with a very big coat on, and so. By the time you get to your destination, you're, you're sweating. And so in his garage, uh, Rami took it upon himself to design and prototype uh, an electric bicycle. And then uh, what he then did was remortgage his property and uh, he flew to China and um, he, he somehow managed to, to find a, a factory in um, not being able to speak a word of, of Mandarin and, and and convince them to 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 make his his bicycle and put in the the, the minimum order that was necessary, and um, these bikes were were shipped back to to the United Kingdom and he started selling them um, to you know door to door or to independent uh, bicycle retailers, um, and that was many years ago. And now he has like one of the UK's fastest growing electric bicycle companies. It's a multinational. It's got, I don't know how many employees. Um, And uh, that journey for Rami was very insightful. Um, And he made the realization that actually, if you have an idea for an invention, it's so difficult to get it off the ground. And with the combination of both the internet but the explosive growth of 3D printing, Rami's idea was to create a a platform, a sharing economy platform, whereby if you have an idea, you can bring that idea onto the UMaker platform and collaborate with inventors or designers who can help get your idea uh, off the ground. And once completed, that particular idea can be uploaded and then subsequently downloaded by the UMaker community who make the item uh, for themselves. And what this does at its core is significantly reduce the risk, but also the capital um, that is required to get ideas off the ground. That is the the central kind of uh, theme of of UMaker. Um, so if
1: I, if I understand this correctly, and do correct me if I'm wrong here, the strength of your platform is that community. It's being able to plug people into each other and Rami me basically meaning that you don't have to go to China necessarily and try and work out what the hell's going on when you don't speak the language. But 3D printing is the catalyst that has made this uh, scalable and economic for people to be able to actually do
3: the idea here really is to save inventors having to go through the whole headache that I went through in creating an electric bike. Um, And so we've devised uh, a framework for uh, uh, creating inventions, or if you have an idea and you want to launch it into the market, there is a much easier way to do so now with Youmaker compared to traditional methods.
1: Which is incredibly exciting, but also begs the question, the community is the strength. So how do you, how have you attracted that community as a starter? I mean, when when did you ha- when was the genesis? How long has this been going as an idea? So we incorporated the
0: company in March of twenty seventeen, and we went about the process of incorporating, um, registering uh, for uh, the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme, which is a. Um, a program launched by HMRC to um, incentivize uh, startups. Uh, HMRC are quite keen to, um, or the UK government more specifically, is, is quite keen to uh, create its own Silicon Valley. Um, and by um, creating this SCIS scheme, what happens is, is that if, uh, if an investor invests in an SCIS registered company, um, then they receive upfront 50% relief on the value of that investment. And they receive that relief through their income tax. Um, if that investment is successful uh, and assuming they hold onto their shares for a period of three years, then there will be no capital gains tax on uh, on the particular sale. And then finally, if God forbid... That investment is unsuccessful and it fails, then the remaining investment can be uh, written off at whatever rate of tax that investor is paying. So it's a very tax-efficient way of uh, investing, where the where the UK government um, takes a lot of the sting. Out of uh, an investment going wrong, but certainly keeps the the the, the upsides for uh, for the investor. So we we registered for SCIS. We were given SCIS uh, approval by um, HMRC, and then we went down the process of uh, of fundraising, where I where I reached out to my network and um, I, I, I spoke to them about Rami. We created our deck and um, showed them the vision, really, as to what it is we were hoping to uh, to achieve, um, and um, the response was overwhelming. Um, it was, uh, almost, uh, I think I would say, uh, the success rate for the meetings was close to about 90%, which meant that almost everybody that we spoke to ended up investing. Um, and then thereafter, uh, we went about the process of building the platform. Mm. Um, and, uh, Ravi will give you a lot more insight into this, but basically, um, programmers, um, in uh, in America and and in the UK can be quite expensive, um, and the maximum you can raise under under SCIS is 150,000 pounds, which admittedly isn't a massive amount of money and doesn't give you a, a tremendous runway. Um, and so what we did was uh, we we went to India and uh, leveraged on a on a on a company there um, to help us uh, to help us build our our platform. Right. Thereafter, um, once we'd completed what was known as the, the kind of MVP, the, the minimum viable product, we sent that out to testing. Uh, and again, the, the response from the Makerspace community was fantastic and people were just dying to, to get onto the platform. Um, and then we launched our beta um, earlier this year. Um, and then um, we went live uh, a few months ago we launched our marketing campaign. And, and since then, uh, the, the traffic uh, and the user base of the website has been overwhelming.
1: And well, that's it's a a, it's a, sorry, The way that people are using the platform, is it primarily then that share of ideas rather than necessarily the printing aspect? I, I, I Honestly, I don't know how easy it is to get your hands on 3D printing material, et cetera, and using it. But I would imagine the platform itself, that that, that exchange of ideas is the thing that's really driving the interest.
3: Um, it's actually the, uh, the the ideas that have been created so far. So the unique thing about Maker is it's not just a 3D printed model that exists already. It's it's all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. There are platforms out there we can just log in and search for downloadable 3D printed models. Yes. That's exactly what we do. It's turning those 3D printed models into functional products that contain electronics. It's an entire project, something that actually does something clever. You know, you can create a robot. You can create a remote steered car um, using 3D printing, a combination, actually, of 3D printing and electronics. And so those ideas, when they surface um, and you have people with ideas who want to create them, they can collaborate with electronics engineers and 3D printing designers to put together the prerequisites for creating such a functional item once that's then done you can upload that idea or you can upload that product as a do-it-yourself kit for the rest of the audience to create it for themselves Um, and I think that's what's uh, what's become really popular is that the, the maker community is actually much larger than we thought it was there are so many people out there that want to create items for themselves, Um, that they want to kind of log into a website, find details of a project, find places where they can buy these components and actually just build it for themselves at home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the community, you're absolutely right, is our strength because there are so many people revolving around Viewmaker now that are looking for the new thing that they can build at home. Um, And so for you as an inventor, That works out for you as well, because you don't have to worry about manufacturing. If you have so many people wanting to build your product by themselves, then you essentially don't have to assemble it or manufacture it. You can just offer Mm -hmm. components uh, and and the blueprints for for building your product, and they will do it themselves. So essentially, you just send out components and instructions, uh, and that gives you the cost of manufacturing and logistics and all the rest of it.
1: Well, look. One thing that I'm really interested to find out about is, look, Abbas. You described that you have a very strong relationship at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, Rami, you're in New York. I, I don't know how many t- how much time do you guys get to spend actually sat working together versus working remotely?
0: Well, I think from from my perspective, uh, because of the recent developments in in, in technology um, and, and communication, it allows the the distance to be to be overcome. Um, and that's through a combination of Skype or or um or WhatsApp um and uh, it's a it's a constant amount of kind of ongoing uh communication so we're never really out of touch as uh, as such
1: no no absolutely and and the the reason why i'm asking is there are increasingly organizations that are being built on either side of the of the, of the atlantic or or other geographical boundaries for that matter but you must have to think about how you go about building your culture and your, your business more carefully rather than the you're necessarily sat next to each other, no?
0: True. Um, I think there are advantages to our current model in that we don't have, for example, a, a fixed premises. Um, we can leverage on contractors, which significantly improves our working capital cycle, and then as a consequence, our, our runway. Um, and, um, I've lost count the number of businesses that I've seen, um, either working in investment banking or as an angel investor that run into difficulty, um, not because they have bad products or bad ideas, um, but because they have poor cash Um, and so the manner, the mannerism of our working style at the moment certainly lends to it being quite cost efficient, certainly the 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 culture element um will need to be embedded and uh, god willing if and when we um complete our uh, series a um then um that particular um gap will have to be filled on on both sides of the atlantic um and we very much hope that that's something that we can be that's that can be achieved
1: now Rami, you had that you know, the anecdote that was that was, that was was uh, delivered beautifully at the beginning around the bicycle and going to China, and this was very much a personal problem for you. Abbas, I know that you work in finance, or that you have worked in finance for a long period of time. Um, what is it that attracted you to go and make this leap and spend more and more time on YouMaker? Because traditionally, we look at finance, that's a lucrative career, that's Going places. Um, this isn't necessarily, whilst you obviously have a huge amount of respect for Rami, it isn't necessarily your personal story up until this point. You are now obviously both working on it together. But I'm just wondering where that point, where, where the tipping point where you went, Yeah, my friend's got a great idea to, Oh, no, I, I, that is a great idea. And this can be our idea that we grow together.
0: So about 10 years ago, I started um, my journey as an angel investor. I, I was looking for my own business and my family. They live in, um, in northwest London and they have a, a driveway very close to um, Stanmore Station. I um, started working on, a, on an idea whereby they could rent their driveway um, to people who needed to park uh, their car. And um, I remember telling my father actually that, you know, I'm not going to go to university, but I'm just going to build this platform. Um, and, um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm of Indian heritage. And so if you tell your Indian father that you're not going to university, I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> this is, this is almost sacrilege really. And so, um, he, let's just say he politely convinced me to go to university and, you know, my idea kind of truddled along. I developed a business plan, which I can assure you was absolutely terrible. And, um, cut a long story short, uh, about six months later, I came across a, a company that was called park at my house. and. Um, I registered with them and they had done a fantastic job. They basically just taken my idea and uh, um, developed it really well. And I ended up giving them my entire life savings. Um, And what I didn't realize is actually I had invested in a sharing economy platform. And this was before the Ubers and the Airbnbs of the world had come to fruition. Um, And um, I started my kind of angel investment journey. Um, And then I invested in, many other um, uh, sharing economy platforms, the likes of, for example, Crowdcube um, um, uh, and uh, the likes of Turo in, uh, in the United States. And one thing I would say about investment banking is that you are correct. It is very lucrative, but the time has come and gone for investment banking. It is not the industry it once was. Um, you know, I feel as though if you'd gone into investment banking in you know the nineteen nineties or the early two thousands, that was when it was wonderful. But um, I think post Lehman Brothers, the industry has changed significantly, and technology is um, is where the action is. And, and you uh,
1: have got a track record of seeing good ideas and knowing when to jump on board or or to back them.
0: Well, I was actually looking for my own business. And, um, that's when Rami and I went out for, for dinner and I was researching, um, a sharing economy business to get inspiration. I knew I could get the capital that's very easy, uh, but I just needed the idea. And, um, I was reading a book by the former CEO of Just Park, uh, named Alex Stephanie. And, um, I was reading it whilst I was waiting for, uh, Rami, um, uh, at, at the dinner table. Um, and I told him I'm looking for a sharing economy business and, um, he just slammed his hands on the table and said, I have a sharing economy idea. And uh, much like our meeting where it was quite, um, it was quite fortuitous, uh, it was a moment of serendipity, um, Rami and I coming together for YouMaker was again this moment of uh, serendipity.
1: Light, with- light bulb moment. Look, Rami, one last question. Uh, one last question that I'd love to ask you before we, we wrap up. What's the best idea that you've seen on the platform? You must get to see some absolute crackers. You must see some stuff that you're not so sure about, but you, you must see some great stuff. And, and I just wondered if you could give a little bit of insight. you know, I talk about the,
0: um, the conversion kit, Remy I think that's one of the best ideas I've seen, actually.
3: Yeah, actually, uh, the conversion kit was was uh, uh, one of the early projects that I actually was trying to prototype before starting Umaker, and, and I failed at doing that. It only became a reality after you make it. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those products that I tried to kind of invest heavily in creating and going uh, uh, you know, through the traditional methods will probably cost hundreds of thousands of pounds to release such a commercial product into the marketplace. Um, and, and simply we didn't have the cash. We just decided to invest our cash in, in, in the regular operations of the business. Um, but I really, I mean, that, that's really what beat me down. And I started thinking about, well, how do we, why, why is creating hardware so hard? Um, uh, 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 and that's really what sparked the, the idea of UMaker and how we can actually come up with a new process to, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, to, to uh, invent ideas. So fast forward four years later, we have UMaker, and that same product, which I was going to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on, on creating, uh, was created on UMaker for a mere 900 pounds. So this particular product, David is
0: an electric mm-hmm. bicycle conversion kit. So you can take any bicycle and install this kit on it. And it turns into an electric bike. Um, and I looked at it, I I've used it myself and it's absolutely groundbreaking in an, in an, industry where electric bicycles can cost many thousands of pounds, this particular conversion kit can turn a regular bike into an electric bike for a few hundred pounds. Um, and uh, I think that really encapsulates the um, uh, the mentality of the makerspace community. Absolutely.
1: Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you both. It's really nice to have heard an idea Uh, described almost two years ago and to discover it's going from strength to strength so thank you for coming onto the show and and sharing that both Rami and Abbas and uh, fingers crossed uh, you continue to grow that platform
0: well we very much look forward to coming on in two years time um, when hopefully both Rami and I are (laughs) multi-millionaires
1: so first question I want to ask if you saw me on a plane would you sit next to me
2: not if your hair looked like that
1: (laughs) i was like i I didn't expect abbas to tell me that i wasn't going to sit next to you i was like oh cheers mate
2: i mean i wouldn't
4: deliberately not sit next to you yeah but i don't i mean i don't really think there's anyone like oh i'm i really want to sit next to that person on the plane i feel like it's a bit strange
1: yeah i know that's not really relevant to to kind of tech talks (laughs) generally but when he said that i was like oh but anyway he did sit he did sit next to me (laughs) um and we ended up having a nice conversation
4: for the best yeah yeah, yeah.
1: otherwise you know we wouldn't have known about you Maker, and they wouldn't have been on the show um, I love I do genuinely love that he's working with the guy that officiated his marriage and is his best mate oh and it's God. worked because
4: that's a lot I can't
1: imagine working with my best friend
4: I wouldn't like it or
1: best friends I've got a couple who are very very close I think i struggle I
4: know. Well, I, mean, I said opposite you no 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 but I mean working like necessarily on like a big company project idea <laughs> no hang on right together.
1: I know you two are very close but I'm going to jump in here and say that's different because you met each other at work yeah, yeah. it's I not mean, the same to being like Evie working with someone that you went to university with mm, and you get drunk yeah. with and you've never worked with yeah. right
4: and like on a, a very big company idea like project idea where it can become very stressful I think working together in the same company sure but not not a big company that's very risky
1: i do think it opens up the debate of what makes a good co-founder what should that dynamic be because it does seem to be really really random and varied but there's so many organizations out there that try and and apply science to it like um entrepreneur first will go out and, and specifically try and select the right founder for you but the one thing that I think keeps going through this podcast is it can be really random and quite varied and you know as much as you might say right I'm a CTO I'm a technical person therefore I need to find someone who's got the creative or the business acumen sometimes it can just be two mates who are passionate about something
4: yeah I agree I don't don't think it's as easy as yeah like you said literally just like plonking two people together yeah I think you just it you naturally kind of just have to find your own way and both be passionate about it and like both be able to get on with each other and have the right kind of personalities to work with each other, not just
1: But it's just more than get on with friends. each other, is it? It's probably you've got to be very forgiving of that person's traits. Yeah. Yeah. Which I suppose I if, you am, are, if you are if you're really you good friends mates, with yeah. someone, you are you do know
4: You know what they're like. Well, you class. know you know
1: their faults. Yeah. Like, my best my, my closest mate, we used to live together and uh, if I ever beat him at a computer game the, the control pad would get launched across the room
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he's, he's mellowed
1: a bit <laughs> <laughs> just a bit there. yeah he'd be like alright you know I might beat him at Pez and you know that might lead to kind of 15 minutes of fuming yeah. uh, anyway but you're aware of it yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my wife when she first met him, was terrified of him
2: Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. She
1: was like, oh, he's really hot. Maybe I should have gone for that one. And then she spoke to him and was like, no, he's fucking terrifying. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. On well, my stag do, we, we did this, like, 20 questions thing. Uh, and one of the questions was, who did your wife fancy the most out of your friends? And I was like, James, he's my best man? Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's
3: a, a heavy That's
4: question. a harsh question, yeah.
1: Uh, it was quite funny, though. Like, within 20 seconds, she was like, never in a million years. Like, okay. Emma, his wife, is incredibly patient.
2: And also, yeah, you need to have one of those people. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's sure there's plenty of things like that out there. Anyway, <clears throat> random <laughs> diatribe um, about the dynamic between people. What ideas do you have? Invention platform.
2: Oh, brilliant. I think... <laughs> you know what? No, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. So, they are... And like he said on the podcast, he said that... There's so many good ideas out there. People have those ideas. They just don't have the money.
1: Yeah, not everyone has the time to go to China, nor and the e- resource. E-
2: exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think what they're doing is they're just giving so many people a platform. And and technology, everything will just go crazy once it gets on this platform because it will just carry on being invented. Life would, will never slow down. Would you I have any
1: ideas? You would, um,
2: would you? Uh
4: I feel like I could have prepped for this question, perhaps. Oh, I no. appreciate it's good, <laughs> Not Not currently. No. Not currently, you'll no. have to think.
2: Yeah. I mean, but um, I do, you, think you said... That, uh, think had a problem.
1: When you were at what, school or university, you yeah, worked yeah, with 3D yeah. printing? Yeah,
2: so it was in my last year of school, and we were all given, it was everyone was told to write a business plan. Right. And... Granted, this one was a pretty shit business plan, I was 18, Um, but I came up with this, so 3D printing was still really, really new at this stage, Um, and I did a lot of research into it, and I found that they can 3D print with cells and not just plastic, and so you look at all the positives and the negatives um, when it comes to 3D printing, and you can 3D print a gun, you can download a file to 3D print a -hmm. gun that works.
1: Yeah, it no, has been around for a couple of years, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: but I mean, when, it, when, when I was in school, like this was huge and crazy um, kind of outbreak. And when they said they were using 3D printing on this platform, I was like, wow, it's come so far. Mm.
1: So look, I mean, one, one thing that you can kind of also look at is, is Rami's obviously got this idea and he's kind of the driving force behind, you know, he, he's got the electric bike company, he mm. had the idea. Mm. Abbas is in this quite secure career As a Mm -hmm. financer.
2: Exactly. It's
4: quite odd that he came from that background, I think. Mm. It's quite rare.
1: I mean, I suppose that is back to that original point of complementary skill sets.
4: Yeah.
1: That must be so difficult to give up a career that's going well to take a real risk.
4: I guess you just have to, like, believe in it enough. And because if you have those kind of ideas anyway, it's not like you're just doing it for nothing. Mm. You have to believe in those kind of ideas anyway. Mm. So you just have to take a risk like that, I think.
1: But it's a great example of how tech is an enabler that allows a really broad church of people to come together yeah, yeah. because it it really it can capture the imagination in lots of different ways and from lots of different backgrounds
4: yeah and I guess because he he didn't want to go to uni in the first place anyway right Mm. so if that's always something that you'd regret not doing not taking that risk then why Mm. not go for it and with that kind of background I feel like that probably helps the inventive side slightly more with like all those financial and like business skills and actually helps make it
2: a lot more successful and then, yeah, and then Ravi, Ravi comes from, Rami, Rami comes from, he's a physicist? Is he a physicist?
1: Uh, I think that's right, Yeah, yes. yeah,
2: yeah. And I just think, you know what? I think their relationship also has a lot to do with it. The way they connected and clicked, you can see how much kind of respect is between the two of them. And I think the first time they met, the one of them stood up, said he had an idea. And this guy was just, I believe in that idea. Mm. And people will jump mountains for things they believe in.
1: It's all about that that personal dynamic thing, and obviously these guys have got it. And the platform is in its early stages, but if they are passionate and they support Mm. each other, why not? Why not? You know, why isn't it going to make it? Basically, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think it just shows again how how they connecting the the platform's connecting people from all over the world, people that would have never been connected, would have taken Mm. years to find each other, people that have similar passions that can help with ideas that you didn't think you had. Yeah, could, yeah you know? that's, that's an interesting
1: point because curiosity is, is something that drives all human beings, right? And yeah. this platform is a repository of ideas and collaboration that can only lead to curious people trying to help each other and work together.
2: Exactly, mm. and the people that stumble upon this platform or the people that join this platform are the right kind of people to connect, having business together because they're all going to be passionate mm. about inventing, making the world a better place. Go technology again, <laughs> killing it.
1: Well, I mean that's kind of the reason for this podcast because you know we quite like tech. Yeah, we do. Yeah,
2: it's all about tech.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think with that we'll go to an advert break and we'll come back with a with a piece of festive city news afterwards once a month tech talks opens the tuck shop a youtube tech news roundup which is kindly carried by disruptive live disruptive live is the uk's first and only 24 7 tv channel for the technology industry stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the disruptive live website and social media channels you can also catch disruptive live at some of the largest global technology events broadcasting from london manchester singapore dubai and many more welcome back to tech talks where we've been having a debate about whether it's merry christmas or happy holidays
2: well i think it's happy holidays
1: i think it's merry christmas
2: i think the idea is so diverse look at how everyone from the whole world is listening to our tech talks
1: this is true but i still think we can say happy christmas
2: it is still christmas we could say happy holidays and merry christmas why don't we meet in the middle and say merry holidays
1: maybe not (laughs) <laughs> um, so, this is just very short I just, I just thought this was quite amusing It was in The Guardian On Christmas morning there will be people getting new gadgets One of those gadgets that many people will be likely opening is new mobile phones Yeah Yeah. Um, so, basically The Guardian have posted a series of funny stories and accidents caused by mobile phones So, here's oh. a list of them uh, My phone went flying and I shattered my elbow <gasps> I slipped mean... down a steep set of stairs I'm not a professional, and the ball was a rock-solid foam. Um, The ball that's referred to there, yeah, as a football. That must have been quite a big foam. Anyway, I ended up dislocating my knuckle on my ring finger and breaking my metascarpal.
2: Wait, that I want to hear. That, that was
1: someone who's from Johannesburg. Did
2: he punch his phone? <laughs> uh,
1: in March 2017, I took a phone call. Once I it ended, I hung up and somehow dropped my phone out of my hand. Instinctively, I went to catch my phone with my right hand, which I managed to do. Unfortunately, in doing so, I effectively punched the chair, which my phone was falling towards. Oh, I dislocated no. the knuckle of my ring finger, finger and broke my metagarble. Uh I was in a sling for a week, which made some nice graduation photos three days after the oh. injury. Injury. I had to keep my hand in the cast for six weeks. My phone was completely fine though. Oh no. Um, what was less funny was waking up on Christmas Day with a huge swollen black eye.
4: Did, Did they drop it on their
1: face? On Christmas Eve, we were out in town, raucous game of phone skid began. I sat on a curb to observe the match, where out of nowhere, a Nokia 3310 <laughs> travelling at light speed ricocheted the tarmac and hit me square in the face. Oh my god. <laughs> How right. much
2: do you want to bet that all these stories are from men? Just saying.
1: Uh, that was Ginny. Oh my god. Um, wow. I found myself in mid-air having just stepped off the wall. I ended up pouring boiling water all over myself. Yeah, so there's some interesting stories here. Um, just wondered if you've ever had any phone related accidents.
4: I mean, I've dropped my phone in the toilet before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A few yeah. To, actually many twice, times. Actually, twice, I think. Many, many times. Especially yeah. when
2: you're a little bit crank.
4: Yeah, it's because it'll be in my back pocket exactly of, my, of my jeans or something. Pull and I'll my... stand, I'll pull up my jeans and forget it's in there, what? and then it goes whoop, back Has into this happened the at toilet. work? No, no, not no. at work. Because that's really a rim. Yeah, no. oh, it's
1: grim anyway, but. Yeah, it
4: it's grim. Oh no, it's after I flushed, don't worry. <laughs> it's still grim. Take the battery. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, it's not great. Under the hand dryer. Was this before
1: or after waterproof phones?
4: Um, this was before, this was like a few, quite oh, a few years oh ago. It was very sad, yeah. Yeah. I had a bag of rice with me for the rest of the week. Mm. It was on holiday. It's all in the phone. Yeah. In there. Oh, uh, that's nice. ever, ever hurt
1: yourself due to your phone?
2: I mean, there's, there's times when you're laying in bed and you're holding it above your head and you've yeah. dropped it. On oh your yeah, bed. no, I've I've, I've had it in typical. my hand
1: falling asleep and dropped it on my face. I've also walked into a lamppost.
4: Oh yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's one I of think... the things you always hear, but like, you well, know, well, yeah, anyone, anyone you. actually does it. No, I, I, yeah, I've done that. Robin's done it as well, really. Really, mm. my brother's chucked a phone at me, and it's hit me before. Like, not, not, like... I mean, as in then chucked at me to catch, and I didn't realise he threw it at me, and it hit me in the I head. Had,
1: Where? In the head? Uh, yeah. That would hurt.
4: It did. No, it did hurt. It did.
1: Yeah. So, basically, if you're getting a phone on Christmas Day, be careful. They're very dangerous things. <laughs> uh, apart from that, though, uh, we'll be back with a short... No, not a short episode. What am, I, what am I saying? I'm totally lying. A normal episode on Christmas Eve, where Jack will be joining me. Um, but other than that... Uh, yeah, Evie, Alyssa, this is my last day and work till the 6th of January, so see you. Oh, Aww.
2: bye guys. To be bye. fair, it's mine as well. Cheers. Now oh, we've got Friday. Oh, wait. Frank, wow, tomorrow. Wow, that, that
1: hurts. <laughs>
4: uh.